Hello everyone, Pastor Cooper here, and welcome to The Midweek, uh, one of CFC's kind of podcast episode stylings in our CFC podcast channel. Um, This is simply just an opportunity for myself, Pastor Mark, and other guests to talk more um, from our Sunday messages or from other cultural moments that are happening, and to do so from a biblical perspective. Well, right now, um, we just started a summer series in the month of June, the rest of summer, in the book of Romans. And so we're going to be doing a lot of just unpacking more of what Paul is saying to the church in Rome and just some of the deep theological things that are there. So throughout this summer, we're going to be talking more and more about the book of Romans, unpacking some of those real deep theological nuggets that are there. And so we are excited about this. Uh, We might have some other little kind of episodes here and there throughout the summer. But I want to also say we have scripture journals and other journaling methods um, for you to use just to help dive into the book of Romans during this series. We're calling it The Simple Gospel. That's the book of Romans, The Simple Gospel, and how Paul really gives that theme throughout his entire letter. So, um, yeah, so coming up, here is this week's episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening today. This is the Midweek Podcast, and uh, Pastor Cooper and I are here, (laughs) and we're excited to talk about Romans. But before we jump into the book of Romans, Pastor Cooper preached a great message yesterday about Romans chapter 3, kind of at the end there, justification by faith, and it was really good. But uh, it was Father's Day, so uh, happy Father's Day. Yeah, uh, Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there that are loving Jesus and trying to teach your kids about Jesus and honor him. So I hope you had a great day and uh, got to do something fun and hang out with your kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was good. We had a fun little lunch thing and then took my son-in-law fishing. That was fun. You're going to do some fishing today. I think so. We have my dad and brother. Yep. That'll be be nice. Yeah. Yesterday I I took a nap with Theo. Awesome. We, We put on Finding Nemo. And then I fell asleep. <laughs> and he probably didn't. You know, I was watching movies. Probably not. It was just like in our basement, nice and cool. And it was yeah. hot, you know? So oh, it's just yeah. like in the basement, you're just nice and cool. Yeah, perfect. Movie, I, just, I passed out, man. <laughs> just slept through the whole entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, he probably went and played and swam in the pool and played no, with Wally he was, and everything. He was, he was no, there. The he was there. Time. Oh, he and was there. Okay. When it ended, yeah. he like woke me up and he was like, Dad. Dad. Let's watch another one. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? Uh, so, all out of sorts. Yeah. Did you have to ask him, yeah. did they find Nemo? Yeah. Did they, did they find him? <laughs> did they find Nemo? Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. What, what, what did he say? He was like, I like the part with the seagulls. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. Finding Nemo is interesting. You know, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a good father son movie. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's good. Well, there's a lot going on in in the past week and in this week coming up, and mm-hmm. um, it's just great to get to study this book of Romans. Uh, such a great book mm-hmm. to just help us understand who we are in Christ. Some great like positional theology, but then also just some great practice theology. Like this, mm-hmm. this is kind of how I'm supposed to walk out my faith, mm-hmm. and so um, and I think those can often be seem like they might be in contrast with one another sometimes, but then you can also see the great parallels between those. And um, I think the section that you you preached on yesterday uh, was a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does it mean to be justified by faith and that now I don't have to work for my salvation? Mm-hmm. And then how does that work with 
what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't have to work out my salvation, if I'm good, if Jesus has taken everything for me, does that mean I'm done and I don't have to do anything? And, uh, you know, I'm yeah. uh, my ticket to heaven is punched yeah. and I'm good. And I probably you cash just, out I can your just, heaven 401k. Right, yeah, I can cash just, out my 401k. <laughs> you and, just yeah, relax. Yes, I relax <laughs> and I don't really need to obey the word. I just, I just can like cruise along and, um, and so those were some of the things I was thinking while you're preaching and stuff and r- really good. But, um, w- what do you think about that? Let's just jump in there because that's, mm-hmm. by the way, that's like a 2000 old year old theological argument that we're yeah. going to solve right now. Yeah. We're going to put an end <laughs> to it because the writers of the gospels and the letters didn't do a good enough yes, job. Right. So it's they up didn't. to us. Yes. It's up to us to figure that out. <laughs> so, um, you did a great job of just helping us understand that it's by faith, you know, it's mm-hmm. in faith in Jesus Christ that I earn myself, not earn, but that I, that I become saved, yeah. that I am yeah. saved. And so, um, you know, there's this age old argument. Okay. If I believe mm-hmm. in faith, then I'm good, right? My ticket's punched. Mm-hmm. So I don't really need to do anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't need to, like Paul says in other places, work out my salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. I don't need to continue in my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm just good. So uh, no matter what I do from this point forward, I, and I can do whatever I want to do from this mm-hmm. point forward, and it doesn't matter because my ticket's punched. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that idea? And, and you notice, hey, wait a second, there's some, there's some sinful lifestyles mm-hmm. in your life that are not honoring to Jesus at all. Yeah. That's what you're modeling to the world. But their, their excuse for that would be, um, well, I'm, you know, I'm justified by faith, mm-hmm. so I'm good. Right, right. What would your answer to be for that? Yeah, I'd say let's have a long conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right, yeah. Because <laughs> there's obviously a lot of heart things that are going on in there. Right, yes. And we have to look at the whole context of not only what Paul's saying in Romans, but in Galatians, what James says in his letter, the life of Jesus. Um, and I kind of mentioned this on Sunday, but it's that theology of response. Like how do we respond out of what Christ has already done for us? Um, do we just stop and just say, oh, I'm good, like, like like you're saying, like, hey, I don't have to follow all these rules anymore, like, I'm all good. But if you look at what Paul continues on to say in the book of Romans, and in Galatians hits it really hard and heavy, then James just is like a black and white, he's just like, he yeah. just slams it over people's heads. Yep. It's like, no, there there needs to be this continuation of, of response in our actions and our deeds and what we do that show a life change within us mm-hmm. that really shows the world that Christ has done something like inside of who we are as a whole person. And there is a difference now when I walk out my life, my lived experience should be a different lived experience than what it was before um, I came to know who Jesus was and, and, and said, yes, I believe confess with my heart or confess with my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And he was risen from the d- grave. Like, there should be a difference in right. our lived experience. And yeah. If there isn't a difference, that's where those hard conversations come in of with that person. And I call it spiritual triage mm-hmm. of asking some of those like real pointed questions like, Hey, like tell me about like that, that moment that you said yes to Jesus. Like, what was it like? Like, what did you say? Or mm-hmm. what were you feeling? And just kind of understand where they were at. Um, Cause even if we go down the road of like the parable of the soils, Right. Um, you can maybe discover like, huh, I don't know if this person was really rooted deep down, like the seeds were planted into who they were as a whole person. It might have right. been like one of the soil parables of 
in the rocky soil or yeah. the shallow soil, whatever it is. And or it got snatched away. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so there's a lot of things that I think um, you have to have conversations on. And so I, I would point people to not only in James chapter 2, um, where he hits it pretty, um, pretty hard about faith without deeds is dead. I mean, mm-hmm. he just basically says, like, yes, you have this faith, but if you're not working it out, he says this in verse 17. Um, James two seventeen. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. What? what? Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Mm-hmm. He's saying there should be this response of your lived experience that shows that there's this life change in who you are and, and what you're doing. And so he hits it pretty hard. Um, in Galatians, Paul is writing a similar tone, it seems like, um, with the letter to the church in Rome. But in Galatians 3 and Galatians 5... He's again hits like, hey, there is no law or anything, but what we have is God's spirit. God's spirit has been poured out on us. And that's right. what allows us to truly live in our authentic self, which is to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that is where we walk forward and there are good deeds in what we're doing. So Galatians 5 is kind of the famous section, um, fruits of the spirits are in there, are the spirit mm-hmm. spirits. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is the banana spirit. <laughs> Make That's sure I the say one that. where the spirit just peels you away, right? <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fruit of the apple. Yeah. Um, or the spirit of the apple. Um, but just really talking about how the Holy spirit guides our lives and yeah. that allows us to not step into life that our sinful nature craves, Mm -hmm. but to do the things that God desires for our life. And so, Mm -hmm. um, really it's not just about, all right, I'm justified by faith. I'm good. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, I am like, I am acquitted of everything. Like I am saved. And so it's that response of like, wow, like I have this new life, right? Like Christ has saved me. So I'm going to walk forward in this response in this knowledge of what Christ has done. Right. Not of sweet, I'm good. So whatever, mm-hmm. like that would, in my opinion, and I'd say biblically speaking as well, is not showing the true repentance. Like it says in Second Corinthians chapter seven. Right. Yes. Like there's got to be these moments of sorrow of like, wow, like yeah. I was destined for death. Right. I was on the highway to hell. Right. To quote ACDC. Right. And Christ saved me. Right. Not because of what I've done, but because he loves me. Mm-hmm. Like there should be these moments of deep repentance, deep sorrow mm-hmm. that truly gets to the core of us. And then out of that, we have a response that's like, man, well, I'm going to honor the Lord in, what, in whatever I'm doing. Right. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm going to I'm going to have faith in the Holy Spirit. That he's going to guide me in my life mm-hmm. to live a life that honors Jesus and bring glory to him as I'm continually being sanctified and made in the image of who Christ is. Right. Like that's, that's the moments that true, true salvation occurs. Right. And that's the hard thing, I think, in, in, our, in our culture. And always these theological arguments, they go down these bunny trails and stuff. But I've been a part of them. You've probably been a part of them. Yeah. Large gatherings of people and people raise their hands and there's hundreds of them. And they're like, sweet, like, we had 150 people say yes to Jesus at this youth camp or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you try to have some follow up, but then a few months later, like half those kids are just like back to whatever it was. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, like what happened? And you always wonder like, did we mess up? And then, you know, all those things. But I, I really think there's, there's gotta be these moments, like it says in second right. Corinthians of true repentance. Yeah. 
where a person has to just really stop and think and, like it says, have that sorrow and that grief um, where they just realize, wow, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm dead, but now I'm alive in Christ. Right. And when those don't happen and when it kind of gets maybe mulled over of like, hey, good decision, that's awesome, sweet, like now you're saved and then like there's really not good follow-up and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where the parable of the soils comes in, I feel like. Right. And people get swept away. And um, But then I also believe that in all those moments, the Holy Spirit is working right. in, those, in the lives of those individuals, students, whoever it is, adults, kids. And there's things that are being planted and things right. that are being watered. And, and so that's where it just gets, you can't pinpoint it. I know. Because it's spiritual work. Right. And... Um, that's the hardest thing with it. So, so I think, mm-hmm. I think I kind of answered your question. In a yeah, bit. for sure. Yeah, that's really good. That stuff about just being justified by faith. And uh, one of the things I was thinking about as you were just kind of mulling through things is, you know, how, how that means that we live by faith today. What does that look like? Because in, in the church in Rome, there's a challenge of mm-hmm. two different groups of people. Yeah, You know, the Jews have been living according to the Old Testament for Oh, about a thousand years, maybe a little more at this point. And so they're really stuck on, you know, you've got to obey the Old Testament law to be righteous, Mm -hmm. to be good, to make it to heaven. That's kind of their thinking. Mm -hmm. And then the Gentiles, they've got none of that knowledge. They've got none of that history. None of that is part of their um, understanding of how to live for God. In fact, they don't even know who God is. They were following mythological gods. So, So this whole idea that God is a creator God, and that Jesus died for their sins is a whole new concept for them mm-hmm. that they're grasping and living out by faith, which is really, really awesome. And I think the same is true, like even in the United States, like we don't have this deep history of living in, in the Old Testament law. Mm-hmm. We all come from actually different ideas and mm-hmm. theologies yeah. about God and maybe false gods, but maybe the real God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we, We're this giant the melting pot, pot yeah. in America. And so um, we have to figure out too, what, what does that mean to live by faith? Do, and and do I have some help to help me with that? Does that mean I live in the Old Testament? Does that mean I live in the New? Does it mean, you know, how do I walk that out daily and say, okay, I, I'm just going to follow Jesus. How do I figure that out? What do I do? What do I obey? How do I live that out? What what would you say to, to just following the Lord daily in that, in that walk? Yeah, it comes down to the Holy Spirit. I mean, just pure and simple. That's what Paul goes into in Romans. He starts to hit into this theme about how right. it's God's spirit yeah. that helps us fulfill the things that are needed and to truly love God. He says that in Romans 8, kind mm-hmm. of at the top of, the, of that section. Um, and he really harkens back to the Old Testament where this is his people. He's a Pharisee. He's grown up in this culture. But he's he's bringing into that thought process of your guys' hearts are hard. Moses spoke this over them. Joshua did. And the, the, the promise Prophets was... Did too. Yeah, it was... God's going to circumcise your heart, like mm-hmm. basically give you a new heart so that you actually can love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so this is what's happened. Like with Christ's sacrifice and his, his resurrection, the Holy Spirit being poured out, this is that moment. And so Paul was like, yeah, like the law is is actually useless in a sense. He says it again in Galatians. And then we, let me read here. Um, where is it at? Galatians 3. Um, yeah, verse 10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, curses everyone who does not observe and obey all the law commands that are written in the book of God's book of law. So it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. 
He's just, again, reiterating this point again and again mm-hmm. in a lot of the letters that he writes. Yeah. Um, and so he's saying it's about the Holy Spirit that is going to lead you and guide you. And in his, in his letter to the Galatians, he goes into that in Galatians 5, like I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. in the podcast. And so it really just comes down to this everyday moment of just centering ourselves and saying, like, all right, Lord, like, I have faith that your Holy Spirit is working in me. So guide me today. <clears throat> Help me live by your Spirit. Um, give me just the, the characteristics, the fruits of the Spirit. So I can have peace, patience, kindness, all those things in whatever I'm doing throughout my day um, so I can truly love you with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it's right. really just a recentering of our heart, not our actions, because our actions will flow out of our heart. Um, it's kind of that you know backwards way where they thought by doing the actions, that would clean your heart. Right, Your yes. heart was still... Right. Dirty, not mm-hmm. clean. But Still sinful. Exactly. But Still. A, a clean heart can then produce good actions. Right. That Now, to say that, can people still do good things with a bad heart? Sure. Yeah. Like, there's still people who are not Christians mm-hmm. who are doing good things in the world. Right. But I would say, like, a person who has a heart that is truly centered on who Christ is, there is a difference yeah. in when they do those actions. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, to open up another can of worms, that's what's hard about, I would say, some of the hypocritical things in the church is you're like, wasn't well, that person a Christ follower? Why are they the meanest boss? I've right. Yeah, that's right. Like, why is it they're the stingiest, greediest person? Right. And that's when those things come up. And you're like, oh, I know, like, I, I'm... I'm, I'm mad about it too, you know, like, yeah. and, and that's the hard part is like the Lord knows the heart and you got to have your heart centered on Jesus right. in, in all things. And if that's not happening, it makes it really hard mm-hmm. within your witness and, mm-hmm. and, and just living for Jesus and all the things um, that we're doing um, with it. So, yeah. So Paul really goes to the conversation about the heart mm-hmm. and that our heart is transformed and then the Holy Spirit takes over. And that's <clears throat> where we truly live a life that honors God mm-hmm. is through the Holy Spirit's power. Right. That's good. I think one of the things we're really talking about here is um, the challenge between position and practice. Mm-hmm. And our you talked about that on Sunday, that my position in Christ is justified by faith. Mm-hmm. It's what saves me now, mm-hmm. which is was a, which was a mind shift for the Jewish people in in the New Testament church mm-hmm. who were still kind of probably a little bit like, I've got the idea that Jesus is the Messiah, but don't I also have mm-hmm. to make sure that the good things I do are outweighing the bad right, things I right, do, right? Yeah. And that's how I really get to heaven. Yeah. And Paul's trying to help them see, no, that's not really how you mm-hmm. get to heaven. Remember, right. and that's what chapter four is all about. Mm-hmm. Remember Abraham, the father of our faith? Mm-hmm. He gets to heaven, how? By obeying the law, right? No, the law wasn't even written yet. Right. It's not even going to be written for another 400 years. Yeah. So Abraham wasn't obeying the law. So this whole argument that you have to obey the law and that's what makes you righteous mm-hmm. and that's what gets you into heaven is a completely moot point yeah. because the father of our faith, mm-hmm. that would mean Abraham and all of his, a lot of Abraham, yeah. Isaac, Jacob, all they don't get to heaven because right. they didn't right. obey the law. And, mm-hmm. and, and everybody who Noah <laughs> doesn't get in, Enoch isn't in. I mean, this is ridiculous, <laughs> right, right? right? Because yeah. they didn't have the law. Paul mm-hmm. would say that's, that's a really, really ridiculous theological argument mm-hmm. that you have to obey the law to get in. No, that's yeah. not how you're saved. You're justified by faith. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that word for a minute, justified by mm-hmm. faith, because 
um, justified means just as if I've never sinned, mm-hmm. but it's also got this word justice in it, right? Mm-hmm. And what is the challenge there is the justice of God. Mm-hmm. And what we all kind of think in our head, right, mm-hmm. is my good's got to weigh out my bad, mm-hmm. and that's what makes me right. That's what yeah. that's what allows me to be a good person, and that's what is what that's what God will see, mm-hmm. and then He'll say, "Okay, you can come in." But Paul talks about something totally different. Mm-hmm. So talk about that for a minute. Like how how does my position in Christ? Mm-hmm. How, how does Jesus make me justified mm-hmm. and how does, how does that work in God's justice? And then if you can fit that in there too, like how does that work out with my, my, the way I'm living for Jesus, my practice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Romans three twenty five gives a pretty good answer um, to this thought process. So in the new living translation, it says this for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Then in verse 26, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do. In this present time, God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, Earlier in, in in chapter three of Romans, Paul again says, like, God is just, like his right. ways are right. Mm-hmm. And the Jews believe that. Yeah. And Paul's reiterating that. So he's like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like, don't think God is being lax on, on right. things now. Like, no, this, this is good. This is his plan. This is his promise. He's fulfilling it. He is just, right. he is good in what he is doing um, in that. And so repeat your question a little bit more. Can I make sure I answer it correctly too? Yeah. So what you're talking about is your position in Christ. So that's what I was wondering. Like, what does this mean justified by faith? What, Mm -hmm. what does God see in us that's different than our right from our wrong? Yeah. Yeah. He sees us as basically clean. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Christ's sacrifice, his blood washed away our sins. Right. So the unrighteousness that was us because we are born sinners is just gone. And so Hebrews in Hebrews 10 and into 11 a little bit. Um, he really, Paul, well, whoever wrote, the, whoever whoever, wrote Hebrews, <laughs> <laughs> um, really again, like says, it's only through this sacrifice that right. our sins can be washed away, like eternally forever. Right. It's only through the, the innocent sacrifice of Jesus mm-hmm. that this could happen. And so he kind of hits that in Romans 3.25. It's through the blood of Christ mm-hmm. that we're saved, that we're made clean. And so now we can have communion with God. Um, kind of an analogy I've, I've heard uh, used a couple of times is God's like the sun. The sun is good. It, it gives life, right? Mm-hmm. In our world, like we need the sun. Yep. If you get too close to the sun, you'll die. Yeah. <laughs> and so we as sinners, like we get too close to God, like we will die. Like yeah. we, we can't exist. Not because God doesn't want to be with us, because God is so full of life and we are so full of death, they can't coexist. Right. But now with the sacrifice of Jesus, we have mm-hmm. life and yeah. we are alive in Christ. Yeah. We're no longer dead. We are alive in Christ. So now we can approach boldly the throne and be in communion with God. So just as if we have never sinned, we are right. justified to be in that position um, with God. Once again, like we were in the creation yep. back in, in the, the garden, garden of Eden, right. it's, it's a restoration mm-hmm. of our relationship with, with God. Um, and that's what Paul is saying is he's like, this is, this is done. Like it's through our faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. No more do we have to do all these things that don't even get us there. 
Like they just don't <laughs> because right. your hearts are still very bad, very sinful. Like this is the way that now like we're able to have this position mm-hmm. and to be <clears throat> to be saved and to be justified and to be in community be in community with God. Yeah. Which is a very beautiful thing and that I mean it's it's amazing, right? Right. Amazing grace. That's yeah. that's the whole thing that, that comes down to what Paul is saying here. Yeah. And that works right into your practice. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's the response out of it. It is. It's yeah. the response. It's the overwhelming, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. God is so good to mm-hmm. me. Yep. Jesus has done so much for me. Yeah. Because he gave his life for me, mm-hmm. I want to give my life for him. Yep. Exactly. And I want to model to the world what it means mm-hmm. to be in relationship with Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. And, and that becomes our practice. Yeah. Yep. Not necessarily, hey, follow these rules, mm-hmm. even though we do know that there is right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's true. There is yeah. right and wrong. And and those things are I, I like to liken them to spiritual laws, just mm-hmm. like there are physical laws in our yeah. world, and we call that we we call it science. We're studying mm-hmm. the physical laws that God created in our world mm-hmm. and in the universe. You can't gravity doesn't exist on Wednesdays or something like that. <laughs> right. Like it's it's always there. <laughs> right, you know, right. there are the second law of thermodynamics never yeah. changes. Neither does the first, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so uh, these things are things that we see in the scientific world, and we we call them physical laws. Mm-hmm. They're physical laws of the universe, right? They always happen all the way, mm-hmm. all the time. And there are spiritual laws, too. Like there are certain things that God says, this is the way I designed mankind to live. And whether or not you're saved by faith or not, that this is the truth. This is what how I intended for you to mm-hmm. live. This is the practice that yeah. I have for you. That's why Paul says... You know, work your salvation out with mm-hmm. fear and trembling. In Colossians and in Corinthians, he says, mm-hmm. you know, if you continue in your faith, right, right. you know, he's he's making a point that we also have uh, a side of our life where we need to say, okay, I'm walking my faith out mm-hmm. with fear and trembling, yeah. and w- what does that look like? So, on a daily basis, and I mm-hmm. say, I'm living by faith. Um, what do you think that means for a person to to just walk that out? Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's just that it's that Holy Spirit led living, um, which truly like every day it's just saying, all right, Lord, like I'm going to live by you, empowered by you in whatever I'm doing. So we can all come into different situations and we might have that like inner self-talk that we have. And so let's say something bad happens or is frustrating right away in the morning. We can respond in multiple ways. One main way is through our flesh, just being like, ah, like whatever, this person's an idiot, and just getting frustrated. Yeah. Or responding through God's Holy Spirit and just taking a back seat and saying, all right, Lord, like, what does the situation have? How can I honor you in this? Mm-hmm. That might be having some self-control and some patience with right. that individual. Um, or it might be forgiving an individual or whatever it might be um, in that. And so it's an everyday, every moment opportunity that we respond out of this position that we are saved and there's the Holy Spirit living in us and flowing through us. And are we perfect in that? No. Mm -hmm. But man, do we have a perfect God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we have to live out of this faith in the Holy Spirit working through us, knowing that he is working through us um, to truly honor the Lord. And so obviously part of that, like it says in the Old Testament, which is what Paul is talking to is, Put God's law on your heart, which right. is his Bible, yeah. his word. Right. Um, let that be truly on you so that those words and those decrees and just those, I mean, I would say like basics of living a good life, 
mm-hmm. are just lived out. Mm-hmm. Um, because God knows what's best for us. So if we submit ourselves to what God knows, then our life will most likely be a good life. Mm-hmm. Not that we're going to have, you know, escalades in our <laughs> driveway and stuff, <laughs> but a life that is in him, right. which is a life to the full. Right. I mean, we can make the argument that like all the apostles, I mean, they had a horrible life, but they had a life to the full. Yes. I mean, they yeah. got murdered and all sorts of stuff, but they had a life to the full because they were fully rested in who Jesus is, his works and the Holy Spirit working in them. And so we can, this is that always that cultural point of like, what does life to the full mean? Right. Yeah. Well, life to the full means you are content in Christ. Just like mm-hmm. Paul talks about later in Philippians, like he's content in all things. He learned to be content in Christ. Right. So we have to have that same practice as well within what we're doing. Um, and so, I mean, it comes down to also, I feel like Jesus's big commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If we're in our position practicing that out, mm-hmm. we'll see gospel things happening. We'll right. see transformation happening in our life first because we're choosing to submit our life to who God is as we love him with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Mm-hmm. But we'll see transformation in our environments, in our neighborhoods, in our right. families, in our churches, in our workplaces, our schools, our friend groups, just wherever we're at, we'll see transformation. Does that mean like it happens right away? Me, like every day transformation is happening in small amounts, some days big amounts, some days minuscule amounts. Mm-hmm. There's always this trend of transformation that is happening first in us and then also in the life of others. Right. And that truly comes through being just vested in the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and just daily saying, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. Like I need you to to be my guide because I'm getting frustrated right. and I'm an angry person or whatever it is. And so just submitting to those things. And I right. have these desires and these wants. And I kind of mentioned this on Sunday, we have um, familial traits right. when it comes to our lives. Like, yes, we are a new creation in Christ, but there's still some things that are attached to us. This yeah. is what Paul is directing to the Jews is they had these attachments to their previous traditions that were bigger than just familial traits. They were running their lives. Right. We too have things that are familial traits that used to be our old way. And I guess the analogy to make this to make sense of this is kids get adopted um, from orphanages, let's say overseas, maybe even in our foster system. And there could be really intense abuse, right. emotional, physical. And so these kids get adopted. They are safe. They are saved. Right. They're in a new family. They're yeah. loved. They're cherished. But there's still some things in their lives yeah. that are there, that they're processing through and that they're working through mm-hmm. that the Lord is helping them heal. And that occurs for us as well. When, yeah. we, when we are sinners and we come into Christ, uh, there's still some things in our lives that the God, that, mm-hmm. the, that God is still working on. Yeah. Um, that we have to, like you said, work out our salvation with fear and trembling right. and submit all things right. to, to Jesus. Our desires, selfish, all those things, yeah. submit them to him, to him because he knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And so we need to declare that, yeah, you know what's best for me. So it's, it's your way. It's right. not my way. Um, and so that's part of that practice, I would say, in it. Right. So I've got another one that um, I'm going to go off script just for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're Americans, and we mm-hmm. have certain familiar traits that are mm-hmm. ours as Americans, and every culture does. Every culture has different things. So when mm-hmm. I come to faith and culture, or when I come to faith in Jesus mm-hmm. and I live in Brazil, 
you know, there's past that is Brazilian mm-hmm. that is going to be challenging for me in Christ. Mm-hmm. If I'm in China, you know, there's there's Chinese past that's I'm going to have to deal with yeah. as I live for Christ. So we have we have things in the American mm-hmm. way of life in our past, but we also have it in our present. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the things that, you know, for people listening right now, what are those things that you feel like Paul talks about Hermeneus mm-hmm. and Philetus shipwrecking their faith? Mm-hmm. And he actually asks them in 1 Corinthians to leave the church, and then mm-hmm. in 2 Corinthians they've repented, so they come back in. Mm-hmm. But Paul talks about that a couple times. You can actually shipwreck your faith. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of things do you feel like as a just a good warning for us. Oh, yeah. What kind of things do you feel like can really hinder our faith mm-hmm. in Christ, can stop us from growing, can mm-hmm. um, literally almost destroy mm-hmm. our faith completely yeah. that are a part of our American culture that mm-hmm. we're just stuck with? I mean, these, yeah. these are things that are happening around us every single day, all the time, and we have to say, I need to guard myself from those things mm-hmm. so that my faith is strong and, and I'm not weak mm-hmm. in, in Christ. What, what would yeah. you say to that? Yeah, I think it's the American just system. And this is not going to be like a political thing. So right, I'm not yeah. going down those roads. It's not about politics. No. It's about culture. Yeah. And so it comes down to selfishness, really. Um, capitalism, it's a good economic system because it plays on the man's selfish desires. Like, I want what I want, so I'm yeah. going to work as hard as I can to get what I want. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to build a better mousetrap so I can get this. That plays into how we see our faith a lot as well in the American right. culture. Like, I'm going to outwork you in doing this to show you that I'm a better Christian right. because I want the glory. And so mm. it's this turn of, like, not how I can give glory to God, but how mm. I can build up my own following, so to speak. Mm. Obviously, social media in our last 10 years has not helped at all right. in this oh, context. Yeah. I mean, even before in, in our culture, it was very similar, I would say, to some of the Jewish cultural traits. It was... How can I look on the outside mm-hmm. if I go to church and do these things and I want to be looking really good and wholesome, all these things when behind closed doors, there just was not good things happening. But even more so with social media, it's all about a facade and it's all about how I can promote myself mm-hmm. rather than truly like submitting and promoting who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And that's to say like not there's great things that happen through social media um, and people can can really utilize that and leverage that for the kingdom. But man, the other 99% <laughs> <laughs> That's right. um, yeah. are just not. And we're all guilty of that. Right. It's not like we're perfect in this because it comes down to some selfish image things mm-hmm. that we want to protect and we want to yeah. promote. Um, so I'd say that's a big trait, a familial trait. It's just, it's the depravity of man, so to speak, that right. we, we want what we want. It's yeah. our flesh, our selfish desires. Mm-hmm. And so we will do a lot of things um, to protect that mm-hmm. and to make that, you know, perfect. Um, and that's, I mean, we see this all the time in the headlines when it comes to all sorts of things. Like it comes down to selfishness yeah. and pride. I mean, that's really the root of all sin is yeah. pride. Um, but we see that I think, I think selfishness is huge when it comes to money, sex, fame, greed, all those things. Mm. It boils down to that and which boils down to pride. Right. Um, saying it's, it's, I'm better than anybody else. Right. So it's about me, not about anybody else. And so I don't care about you. And that's where we can go into the conversations of dehumanizing individuals. Right. From just actual individuals and seeing them as objects to like the whole conversation of 
abortion and all those things. It just it just flows down, just stems down into some really deep dark areas. Right. Um, and so I'd say that's where our culture is at. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have to guard ourselves from all that. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah, tough. and I think because we're, I mean, it's pretty clear. Like we're we're called to be above that, right? Be a city on a hill, like to be a light. Yeah. And so when we start to blur the lines with our faith and our culture, and the word can be used while well, we want to be relevant, mm-hmm. that's a dangerous word. It's not a bad word, right? But you can be very relevant and be very biblically based, right? And when we start to just say, "Well, I need to kind of like." Just hang out shift, with the world. Yeah, a lot. shift them. Yeah. Like you said, like in First John too, you know, kind of show like I really love the world. Right. It's like, yeah, God loves the world. He right. loves him so much. He gives only son. Like we should right. have that same heart, but it's loving the things of this world. Right. Um, oh, this reminded me last week. Um, this, I was reading a little bit of this. So in James chapter one, it talks about what, what true faith is. Right, it's caring for the widows and the orphans. So, yeah, one twenty-seven. Yeah, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. Then it says this at the end, and I think we forget about this part because we just like say that yeah, we should care for people. Right, right. It's like totally. But then here's the last couple of words: and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Like mm. that's what he says in that verse. He's like, care for people, but don't let the world corrupt you. Right. Like that's pretty blatant stuff. And so, so we need to just make sure that, um, as we're living out and practicing our faith and we recognize those traits in our own culture that we're not being corrupted right. or that we're being slowly changed. It's like the analogy of the boiling frogs, yeah, right? right? Like yeah. obviously you put them in hot water, they're going to jump right out. But if it's a slow boil, all of a sudden they're going to be cooked up. And so right. we have to, we have to really be sh- like just centered on God's word this Holy Spirit, so that we're not being corrupted by the world, mm-hmm. that we're still above the culture and being a light, a city on a hill yeah. that shows transformation. And he, like, uh, is it Colossians about the aroma of Christ? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. where it's at? Mm-hmm. That's what transforms people is Christ in us. Mm-hmm. It's not how cool we look or how edgy we look and all these things. Like, it's really like the transformation that Christ has done in right. us. When people see that, that's where true transformation happens in our culture. They're like, wow, like, yeah, there's something different about that person. Right. And that's where it really starts to, I think, take hold because, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can go down with go on and roads, on and on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I'll kind of stop there. That's good. Well, I think this has been a great conversation and, um, Lots more to come. Yeah, uh, the yeah. book of Romans is going to help us even the next chap- several chapters. Mm-hmm. We're going to get lots of continuing talks about faith mm-hmm. and what it means to walk it out and to practice it, yeah. to remember that we are saved by faith. Mm-hmm. We're saved by you know, what Jesus has done, not what we've done, mm-hmm. and um, that that's that's the, the principles we see kind of laid out in the book of Romans over and over again, just like in all of the New Testament. Um, and so I'm excited to just continue that in the book of Romans. Hopefully you're reading the book of Romans yeah. and want to join. If you want to join us, mm-hmm. uh, check out our website at chinifacecenter.org. You can always jump on there and mm-hmm. see where we're at, uh, where we're reading yeah. and what the next upcoming thing is. And so we'll be preaching through the entire book of Romans all summer and um, just be great stuff and be great to have you follow along with us. So hope you're having a great week. And uh, you got any final words for us, Cooper? No, I think um, 
probably when this gets released, it'll be on Wednesday. Yep. We'll be in Romans chapter eight. I think eight or nine. Eight or Today nine. was seven, so okay, tomorrow's yeah. eight, then nine yeah. probably. I think that's like one of my favorite yeah. like chapters is Romans eight. Yeah. R- Romans eight. I love that. Yeah. Just the, it's the a good, good chapter. Stuff in there, so but yeah, I think um yeah, just just keep digging in, ask questions, um, and yeah, I think it's gonna be good stuff. So All right. Have a great week, everyone.